Hey guys, welcome back to the Road to Madness podcast. I'm Matt Giglio. I'm Mindong. Five days until the national championship tips off. Yes, uh, we apologize. This is a very late episode. Uh, I was kind of sleeping, so I do accept the apology on that one. But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously just coming on today to cover those last two Elite Eight games. Two very good games, and uh, one of them very close, one of them not very close, but it is what it is. And, uh, yeah, just really, really, really excited for these final four games. I believe they kick off on Saturday. Is that is that correct? Saturday's the day? Yes, Saturday. Yes, so Saturday's the day. Uh, we'll cover those probably on Friday, we think. But, uh, yeah, for today, we're obviously just going to cover those last two Elite Eight games. And we're going to cover a ton of guys who have already entered the transfer portal and committed elsewhere. Uh, there's, like, what, 50 – I mean, there's, like, obviously, like, 30, 20 – However, there's a ton of guys that have already made their decisions. We'll just go through a couple of big names. And obviously, the transfer portal now uh, nearing 1,500. So, uh, just shows how crazy this offseason is going to be. Yeah. Uh, how was your nap, by the way? It was good. Uh, very relaxing. And uh, I woke up to a bunch of text messages. So, once again, I do apologize uh, for kind of slacking on that part. Yeah. Wonder who texted you there. But nonetheless, let's get started with our first Elite Eight matchup. Uh, the 12-seed Oregon State, unfortunately, their run has come to an end. Number two, Houston, advances to the Final Four. Very good game. Final score, 67-61. Houston looked like they controlled it for the most part, but Oregon State, they made a very impressive second-half push, but unable to finish it off ultimately at the end. What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I mean, this was a very good game. Uh, Houston, like you said, controlled this game for most of the game, 40 minutes, and uh, – Oregon State had a little bit of a comeback in them, but it was just a little bit too late, too little too late. And uh, Houston definitely deserves that. They played fantastic defense. Uh, the defense was really the thing that kind of carried them over Oregon State. And uh, I'm very excited. Obviously, now Houston has won the Midwest region, so congratulations to them. And uh, they'll have a tough matchup coming up next, uh, facing one of the one seeds in another region. So uh, I'm very excited to see what they can do. They have a lot of very good flat-out scores. Uh, Jarreau and Grimes definitely carry this team on the offensive side of the ball. But they have a lot of other X-factors, I'd say. Uh, Justin Goyle, my boy, he's a big X-factor. He had a very good game against Oregon State. And uh, they're just a really well-rounded team, I'd say. So uh, there is a little bit of a uh, stun rival uh, coaching battle, I guess. Not that, like the assistant or the head coach. It's like a secondary coach. I don't know, really. I don't remember his name off the top of my head. You can probably figure that out. But, uh, yeah, very excited to see Houston and who they play for the next round. Yeah, Dejan Giroux, he looked like an NBA player out there. He's doing a little bit of everything for Houston. I was, I was very impressed. Definitely. And next game up from the South region, uh, South region finals, Elite Eight, obviously. Arkansas, the three seed, Baylor, the one seed. You know, Baylor, they've been kind of leading teams. Uh, it seems like they've been uh, having a pretty cruise control uh, region for the South, I'd say. And uh, just another game where they did the same thing as they always do. They won this game 81-72. to 72. A little bit closer than most of Baylor's games, but Arkansas put up a pretty good fight, but it just wasn't a good fighting chance against, obviously, the Baylor Bears. And a uh, fantastic game, I'd say, for Damian Mitchell. Sure, he had a very bad first half. He had, what, two, two fouls? So he didn't really play much in the first half. He only scored two points. Then he lights it up in the second half. I believe he had 14 or 16 in the second half. And, uh, yeah. Baylor just looked very good on all sides of the ball. Once again, forced a lot of Arkansas turnovers. Uh, you got any thoughts about this South region final Elite Eight game? Yeah, the score 
does not really indicate the, the result, in my opinion. Baylor controlled this from start to finish. They were up big, and they never looked back. Devion Mitchell, obviously, he only ended up with 12 points. But, yeah, he might – he's – Macy Oteague and Jared Butler might be their two best players, but Devion Mitchell is most definitely their most important player. Yes, I definitely agree about that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't got too much to say more about this game, but obviously congratulations to Baylor for making it to the Final Four. And they will place, obviously, Houston uh, for that side of the uh, bracket. And uh, winner obviously gets to face the winner of these other two games that we're going to talk about right now. Mm -hmm. And the first team to reach 30 wins this season is none other than the number one overall seed, Gonzaga. They kill USC 85-66. I really have nothing to say about this one, but, yeah, do you have anything to say? Yeah, I mean, the only thing I'd say is that I honestly thought USC had a chance to keep this game within 10, 10 points. I, I had a feeling, obviously, Gonzaga was going to win it. I thought USC would keep this relatively close, but uh, first half, they could not get anything to go in the basket. Uh, they shot very poor percentages in comparison to their overall tournament percentages. And their tournament percentages were pretty good. They shot, like, 51% from the field, I think, and around uh, – 40, maybe 45% from three so far in the tournament. And then when they came to Gonzaga, uh, the defensive side of the ball for Gonzaga was fantastic. And a lot of people definitely overlook their defensive side of the ball. But Gonzaga is pretty good defense. And uh, obviously the offense is the juggernaut, but the defense is pretty good. And uh, it definitely showed with a lot of turnovers forced uh, for Gonzaga. So I was pretty surprised about that. And uh, this team looks pretty scary. So uh, obviously they're probably the, they're, they are the favorites to win. They have been for a while. And we'll see if they can complete his, history and become another team to have an undefeated season and also win that national championship. Yeah, definitely. Drew Timmy continues to dominate. And I might find a new celebration when I'm playing hoops, that little little stash, and then points up to the crowd. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, um, that big three, Timmy, Kispert, and Suggs, they're, they're unstoppable for the most part. And if you, if you try to stop one, the others two are going to go off and – Nemar Ayayi, they can, they can light it up as well. Definitely. A very scary lineup. And uh, like you said, plenty of scores on that team. So if you try to shut one down, chances are another one's going to go off. And uh, that's definitely been the case for Gonzaga so far this year. So I'm very excited to see uh, what this team can do uh, to fit that plays them. And uh, maybe they can pull off some more magic because uh, we'll talk about this game right now. The magical run continues for the 11th seed, UCLA. Obviously, coming from the East region, they had a very good game, and they survived against the number one seed, Michigan, for the East, 51-49. UCLA is going dancing. Uh, one of the only teams in history, there's a couple uh, on that list, to make it from the first four all the way to the final four. Very terrific run thus far for UCLA, led by uh, Johnny Juzang, one of your fan favorites thus far. So uh, I know you got a lot of thoughts about this game, so I'll let you get right to it. Yeah, first four, final four indeed. And we give you a scoring breakdown for UCLA. 51 points, four points from Cody Riley, four points from Jules Bernard, four points from Jaime Hawkes Jr., 28 points from Johnny Juzang, and 11 points from Tyreek Campbell. So basically, all the starters, all the starters scored, but Johnny Juzang scored more than half the team's points. He, he is ridiculous. And he played the game with a tweaked ankle at, in the second half for the most part. So, yeah, he was – you, I texted you, I was like, Juzang's going to take over this game. You're like, one guy cannot win the, win, win the game for them. And I was like, all right, he's going to prove you wrong. And I think he proved you wrong. Yeah, I mean, like, he kind of did prove me wrong. But uh, 
going against Gonzaga, I definitely think it can't be just one guy that wins the game. Uh, it definitely has to be a more combined effort for UCLA. And Hawkins Jr. didn't have the greatest of games. He was averaging around 15, I'd say, for the tournament, maybe a little bit more. But uh, he didn't really play as best as he could. And uh, Michigan just missed a lot of shots at the end. They missed their last eight field goals and two of those uh, game-winning chances. Mike Smith had a game-winning three. It just rimmed out. Eli Brooks had the put back to tie. It rimmed out as well. And then, obviously, uh, Wagner at the end of the game with .5 uh, tosses up there and it also missed. So, bad end of the game management, I'd say, for Michigan. Uh, the play was fine, I thought, but uh, obviously just couldn't convert and didn't have the clutch gene in him, I guess. But uh, it is what it is, and UCLA survives another game of crunch time. So, yeah, they now go face the number one team in the nation, uh, obviously Gonzaga, but that's uh, the bracket. Very excited to see these games, though, obviously. So it's going to be uh, Gonzaga, UCLA on that side, and obviously Baylor, Houston on the other side. Two, four fantastic teams, I'd say. So I'm just very excited to watch these final four games happening on Saturday. Yeah, and before we get to our next topic, uh, just looking at the Michigan box score, Chundi Brown only played 27 minutes. I know that that seems like a substantial amount, but I believe Michigan should have played him a lot longer and a lot more. Um, He's just, he just the most important guy, in my opinion. Uh, Brandon Johns, he played 30 minutes. He's a terrific player. Um, but I, I think Chundy Brown should, should play a lot more than, than Brandon Johns Jr., especially in this game where, where he's been to the tournament before. He's a, he's a senior, and he, he was lining it up out there. He was, he was two for two from three, and he, he could have gotten a lot more opportunity out there, especially at the end of the game. They, he was on the bench. Yeah, uh, something very interesting to consider. And uh, I don't know if he had the right guys out there. I'll definitely agree with you. But, uh, I mean, it is what it is. That is in the past. So you got to live with it. Hopefully, Chandy Brown comes back for another year, though. He's a fantastic player, and I really do love watching him. He had a very good run for the tournament for himself. Uh, he definitely carried Michigan into some of those wins. But, uh, yeah, hopefully he comes back. He's a fantastic player. And just hoping to see him back in that Michigan uniform for next year. Mm-hmm. And next up. The committed transfers, we're only doing the big names because there are about 1,050 transfers in that portal. And about 200, 200, or a lot more than 200 have, have already committed. So that shows you how much work we have to do in the offseason, obviously. So let's just get started. First off, Marquise Newell of Little Rock. He's committed to Kansas State, who's averaging 14 points. Four rebounds, six assists, and 15 games this year. Lift Little Rock midway through the season because, you know, he was in the doghouse. But the previous year, he was the first team all Sun Belt last year. They, they had a chance to go to the tournament. Unfortunately, they did not. What are your thoughts on this commitment? Yeah, uh, it's pretty interesting, I'd say. But I, I kind of like it, honestly. And uh, obviously, Marquise Noel is a fantastic player. He definitely showed up at Little Rock for the – past couple of years he didn't really obviously play much this year but uh he's definitely a high major caliber player so I think he definitely deserves going to a high major big 12 school in Kansas State so uh, I definitely think it's a good fit I think Kansas State will definitely bounce back and be a lot better next year obviously they're very inexperienced uh, this this season they were and uh definitely showed but they won a couple of very good games so uh if everyone stays hopefully this Kansas State team can be pretty good and I'm uh, really excited to see what they can do and hopefully turn it around yeah, definitely agree with you. They have a lot of youth on that program. And, yeah, just adding another weapon to them and hopefully making a push to the tournament next year after a down season, I'd say. 
Yeah, and speaking of adding weapons, they also add another weapon right here. And Mark Smith from Missouri, he's also transferring and going to Kansas State following Norwell. And Mark Smith was averaging 10 points a game, three rebounds a game this season. Uh, obviously, I think he was starting for Missouri, but obviously Missouri has a lot of scores who need to touch the ball. So uh, he didn't really get his playing time with the ball, I'd say. But he will have one year of eligibility regardless. Uh, you have any thoughts about Mark Smith also going to Kansas State? Yeah, another terrific player. Like you said, adding another weapon to the Kansas State program. Definitely. I think both these two guys, Noel and obviously Smith, will definitely help out uh, Kansas State a lot. And I'm really excited to see if they can pull it off and go back to the tournament. Because I really think they have a chance. But obviously, the Big 12 is just going to get a lot better, even with Kansas State getting better. So I'm very excited to see uh, if they can pull it off. Mm -hmm. Next up, Al Durham of Indiana. He is committed to Providence. As a grad transfer, fifth year grad transfer, obviously, free year for everyone. So he's taking advantage of that. Average 11.5 points, three rebounds, two and a half assists this past season. Three year starter, and all four years he's played 20 minutes or more on average. This is last year. What are your thoughts on him going to Providence? Yeah, uh, very interesting decision. Uh, I was kind of surprised he didn't decide to go back home, but he went to Providence. But, uh, yeah, I think this is a pretty good fit, honestly, under Coach Cooley. Uh, the real question is going to really be um, if David Duke stays. Uh, I'm not really sure if he's going to, but I believe Nate Watson is staying. I believe you already said that. Mm -hmm. But uh, it really depends on David Duke. And uh, I think Durham could, will definitely probably start on that Providence lineup in the front in the backcourt. So uh, I think he could be a lethal player. And even if that's what David Duke or not, I still think he'll be a very good fit at Providence. So, yeah, I'm really excited to see this uh, matchup. And uh, I think it will be pretty good, uh, obviously, when he starts playing for the Friars. Yeah. And the NBA draft deadline, I'm looking at it right now. Seems like it will be May 29th. So players have a little bit under two months to decide whether they want to keep their name or come back to college. But, yeah, Al Durham, he's going to add a – they need guards, but obviously if they get David Duke back, I think they're going to be a top-half team in the Big East. But it's too early to tell right now if he comes back or not. Yeah, I definitely agree with you right there. And uh, next guy up, Jameson Battle from George Washington. He's committed. He's going back home to Minnesota. Uh, obviously, Minnesota with the coaching change. Jameson Battle, uh, he wanted to go back, even if there is a coaching change. He is averaging 17.5 points a game and five rebounds per game this season. He will have three years of eligibility remaining. Like I said, obviously going back home, it's kind of an ongoing theme with a lot of these transfers. So you got any thoughts about this decision from battle? Yeah, can't go wrong with going home. But obviously for Minnesota, they are, they're clearly rebuilding. New coach Ben Johnson uh, has, now get, got, has now gotten his first recruit. And Jameson Battle, he's a heck of a scorer. Hopefully he can lead the rebuild for Minnesota. Yeah, uh, not too much to say about here, but uh, Minnesota, like you said, rebuild is definitely intact right now. Battle will probably be one of the top players if they don't get anyone else to come. So uh, that should be pretty interesting to see. So maybe he does, but uh, maybe uh, he'll get some company alongside him. But obviously a very long offseason. So we'll see what happens and if Minnesota can make so many more moves. Mm -hmm. Next up, Kellen Gray, Boston's finest of Davidson. He is committed to Big Blue Nation, Kentucky. Average 17 points, four and a half rebounds, two and a half assists this past season. Four-year starter at Davidson and never dropped under 17 points a game uh, in all, all four seasons. 2,000-point member club of Davidson as well. Uh, his last year of college basketball, what are your thoughts on him going to Kentucky for it? 
Yeah, I kind of like it, honestly. Obviously, we wanted to come back home to BC, but uh, if you get an offer from Kentucky, you should not pass up on it, definitely. Uh, I'll probably come off the bench, but uh, I think he can still have a very big impact for Kentucky for next year. And obviously, keep in mind, Oscar Shibwe is coming back as well. He transferred midway through the year at West Virginia, so uh, he'll be a very big piece for that Kentucky team as well. So, uh, yeah, they got, obviously, Kentucky per usual. They get the guys that they want, and they definitely really wanted Kellen Grady. So uh, he'll definitely be a very good scoring off the bench. I don't think he'll start, but you never know. Anything's possible. So uh, definitely huge congratulations to him, and hopefully he can make Boston proud at Kentucky next year. Yeah, got to disagree with you. No chance he's coming off the bench. Just looking at his stats the past four years, I just – there's just he's just too good to start off the bench. Just look at Davion Mintz. I believe Kellen Grady is a lot better than Davion Mintz, and Davion Mintz started the whole season. So yeah, that's that's just really all I have. Fair, fair. Uh, I don't know. I have to. It, I, I think it depends on the commitments. I don't know who they got coming in, but uh, I don't know. For some reason, like Kentucky usually does, they usually play their uh, five stars and four stars. A little bit more than their transfers, but uh, I don't know. We'll definitely see what happens. Calvin Grade's a little bit different uh, than Mintz, so I definitely do agree with you in that uh, statistic, I guess. And next guy up, uh, we got Tyson Walker from Northeastern. He is committed. He's going to Sparty up there, Michigan State. He will be going there. He's averaging 19 points a game, three runs a game, and five assists per game this season. Uh, well, he will have three years of, of eligibility remaining. I really do like this decision for Tyson Walker, and uh, hopefully he can do some good stuff. Because uh, a couple guys in that Michigan backcourt, Michigan State backcourt, are actually transferring out. So uh, you got any thoughts about this uh, transfer right here for Walker? Yeah, he's a terrific player. Obviously, lit it up against UNC. Dropped 27 against them in that strange non-conference game that I was, I was scheduled very late. But yeah, Michigan State's been looking for a point guard. They've been using Aaron Henry at that point guard spot for the whole season, and yeah, this just feels a big need for them. Yeah, a really big uh, need indeed. So, uh, yeah, he'll probably be starting, I think, for Michigan State next year. And uh, he's a fantastic player. He's definitely a very good scorer, but he also is a very good passer as well. So definitely something Michigan State definitely needs. And uh, it really depends on who's staying and who's going for this team uh, to see really how good they can be for next year, in my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Next up, J.J. Chandler of Texas A&M. He's committed to South Alabama, a.k.a. Transfer U. Averaged eight points, two and a half rebounds this season. Last year, eligibility. What are your thoughts on him going to South Alabama? Yeah, uh, when in doubt, transferring, go to South Alabama. Seems to be a transfer you, like you said. And uh, Coach Richie's done a fantastic job with transfers. And uh, I bet this will be one of many to go to South Alabama uh, in the offseason. I know a couple of guys have already gone besides J.J. Chandler, but we just didn't talk about them just yet. So, uh, yeah, Chandler, definitely a very good player. I didn't see too much of Texas A&M basketball, unfortunately. But I, I think he was starting. I think, he's, I think he was starting at least. But I'm not too sure. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, he's pretty good. But, obviously, I think it was definitely time to go down to uh, a little bit of a lower major school. So, I think he definitely will shine at South Alabama in a similar way as Michael Flowers did uh, this, this past season or this, this season as well. Yeah, you said it best. I think you have a lead role in that South Alabama program. Hopefully, he can get over the hump and win the Sun Belt. Yeah, I thought this year was going to be the year, but things just fell a little bit short. And uh, a couple guys are leaving, so we'll definitely see what happens with them for next year, like you said. But our next guy up, we get Carter Collins from Davidson. He's committed to Murray State. 
He's averaging 11 points a game, four rebounds a game, and three assists per game this season. He will have one year of eligibility remaining. Uh, kind of a second option to obviously Kellen Grady on that Davidson team for last year. But uh, you got any thoughts about Carter Collins going to Murray State? Yeah, he's their point guard. I believe he is going back closer to home. But yeah, can't go wrong going back home, obviously. But I thought he could have gone to a lot better school. Yeah, uh, I definitely agree with you. I thought he could have went to a little bit of a higher major school, but uh, he wanted to stay in that mid-major path, so I definitely respect it. He'll do some very good things at Murray State, obviously going closer to home, like you said, so definitely can't go wrong. Hopefully he does some good stuff, so uh, shout out to him, and uh, we'll see what Murray State can do for next year. Mm -hmm. And for Davidson, it's looking like a, a rebuild for them. Yes, indeed it is. Obviously losing two of their starters and uh, maybe some more along the way. We don't really know, obviously. A ton of guys have a lot of decisions to make. So, uh, yeah, Davidson could be back down towards the middle or bottom of the A-10, depending on if everyone else stays. And if they can pick up some other guys. But they have the ability to pick up some good transfers. So, I'd have to see what happens for Davidson this offseason. Mm -hmm. Next up, Jay Heath of Boston College. He has committed to Arizona State. Averaged 14.5 points, three rebounds, two assists this season. He will have three years remaining. What are your thoughts on him leaving BC for Arizona State? Yeah, I mean, Arizona State seems like point guard you for transfers at least. And uh, they've had a ton of guards there for the past couple of years. Obviously, the three-headed trio of Josh Christopher, Alonzo Verge, and Remy Martin. And then you also got Holland Woods on the bench as well. So uh, all four of those guys were playing some good minutes for Arizona State this, this season. So uh, I, I, assume, I assume one of them is going to leave, or maybe two, or maybe even all three. But, uh, yeah, I definitely like Jay Heath going to Arizona State. I think Coach Hurley does a very good job. Uh, and he's probably going to prepare for the draft, I think. So that's that's the reason why I think he's going to go to Arizona State or why he is going to Arizona State. But uh, I think he could have a pretty good uh, year there next year uh, for Arizona State. But obviously they had a pretty rough year this year, so they're just looking to bounce back any way possible. So getting Heath is definitely a step in the right direction. So I'm excited to see what he can do. And uh, for his career at Boston College, it was a pretty good one, a pretty short one, but I think it was a pretty good one. So, yeah, obviously best of luck for where he goes once you come to Boston. You definitely got my respect, so hopefully you can do good at Arizona State next year. Yeah, definitely agree with you. Best of luck to him. He definitely made Boston proud in his two years here. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming at least three guys will be leaving. I'm guessing Josh Christopher is leaving, Remy Martin is leaving, and Verge is probably going to leave too because both of those, the, the, two guys, the last two guys I mentioned, both declared two years ago, and then they came back for this year. So I'm, I'm assuming they're going to leave. So, yeah, Jay Heath's probably – going to be the starting point guard there. Yes, and alongside him will be A.J. Brahma from Robert Morris. He also committed to Arizona State as well. Uh, he's the point forward we'd like to call him. He's a beast in the mid-range uh, shooter, I guess you want to call it that. Uh, he's averaging 21 points a game, 10.5 rebounds, and 1.5 steals through games this season. He did leave Robert Morris, Robert Morris early, but uh, he will have one year of eligibility remaining. Like you said, the mid-range shooter. He's committed to Arizona State as well. You got any thoughts about him going here? Yeah, I was, I was looking at a couple stuff, a couple things at him when he decided to transfer. He was the best mid-range scorer in the nation. He was the most efficient mid-range scorer in the nation, and he had the best mid-range field goal percentage in the nation. So he's clearly a guy that loves getting to the mid-range. He, he's never shot a three ever. So, yeah, it's pretty interesting and good get for Arizona State. Yeah, my question is, will it work in a high major Pac-12 conference? So that's the real big question. I don't know. I have to see from my own eyes to believe it. But uh, I really do wish him the best of luck. 
obviously the mid-range shooter. I'm going to call him that for now on. So hopefully he does some good stuff at Arizona State. And he could, he'll probably be starting, I think. He is very, he's a very tall guard. Uh, so, yeah, that, that definitely fits very well for Arizona State. So, yeah, I definitely think he will be starting. But we'll definitely see what happens with, obviously, the offseason moves and who declares for the draft that Arizona State team. Mm-hmm. Next up, Jace Townsend of Denver. He's committed to San Diego. 19 points, four rebounds, two assists this season. We have two years left. What are your thoughts on him going to San Diego? Yeah, I definitely think this is a step up for him. Uh, I think he'll be a very lethal piece for San Diego. Obviously, San Diego last offseason, they made a ton of moves. They got a ton of transfers into that program. So uh, this is just going to add on to what they've already got for this past season. So uh, San Diego obviously has been the greatest of West Coast Conference teams. But having talented, I think he probably will start. He's a very lethal scorer. So that's definitely something San Diego needs, personally, I think. So uh, I really do like this decision. And will it help? I mean, it will help a little bit, but I don't know if it will help to compete against some of those top dogs in the West Coast Conference. Obviously, Gonzaga, Kof, Kof, and a couple other teams as well. But, uh, yeah, San Diego definitely move up the ranks of the West Coast Conference, I think, for this next year. So, uh, Townsend will definitely be a good step in the direction uh, that San Diego State wants to go. Yeah, definitely agree with you. Building blocks for the San Diego program, and they got another lethal score. Definitely. Next guy up, Steph Smith from Vermont. He is committed to St. John's. A uh, grad transfer averaged 13 and a half points a game, three runs a game, and one and a half assists per game this season. Like I said, grad transfer, so one year of eligibility remaining for Steph Smith. Uh, he did declare for the uh, did he declare for the draft last year? He I did. thought he did. He did. Yeah. So I'm kind of surprised that he decided not to declare for the draft this offseason, and he's going to St. John's. So uh, you got any thoughts about Steph Smith going to that St. John's run storm? Yeah, good get for them. Obviously, will be starting two guard uh, alongside Posh Alexander. Half the St. John's program is surprisingly in the transfer portal, so they're going to need him to step up big time. Definitely. Uh, I think a lot of guys, like you said, are in the transfer portal, and a couple guys clearing for the draft in there as well. So, uh, yeah, St. John's could look a lot different next year, but uh, having Steph Smith and Posh Alexander, definitely a very good backcourt to have, and I think the rest will honestly figure itself out. So uh, I wouldn't be too surprised if St. John's is back up to where they were a couple years ago. Uh, so, yeah, I'm really excited to see what they can do. And they're a very talented program. So, yeah, good step in the right direction, getting Steph Smith. But you got to bring some other guys in to help alongside Steph Smith and Posh Alexander. Mm-hmm. Next up, Gerard West of Marshall, committed to Louisville. Averaged 12.5 points, 3.5 rebounds, 6 assists this past season. Last year of eligibility, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I really do like this decision, honestly. I'm not moving too, too far from Marshall to Louisville. But, uh, yeah, West is a very good player. And, uh, yeah, they didn't have the greatest of Conference USA uh, tournaments. Obviously, they lost to Rice. But, uh, yeah, I think he's a very talented player, though. He's had some March Madness experience under his belt at Marshall already. So, uh, hopefully, he can bring that to Louisville, a team that probably needs some. It feels like they haven't been there in a long time, but it's only been a couple years, honestly. And uh, they could have had a chance to make it this year. Obviously, they're one of those teams that were filler. Uh, four teams that got COVID. So uh, they're just, they're right on the cusp and they need a couple more guys to make it over there and draw West will definitely help that. So if everyone does stay, Louisville could definitely be advancing once again. So uh, definitely a good addition here for them. Mm-hmm. Gerard West, a four-year starter at Marshall. Obviously Louisville, they make grad transfers look good, especially their point guards. And yeah, I think this is a very good fit for both sides. Definitely. And last guy for today's episode will be Jariah Horn from Colorado. He's going back home to Tulsa. 
And he averaged 11 points a game, six rebounds a game, and one assist per game this season. And he's actually played at Tulsa before. He transferred from Tulsa to Colorado. Now he's going from Colorado back to Tulsa. So pretty good stuff here. Probably will be his last year. So, yeah, he has one year remaining. So definitely a very big decision going back home to Tulsa. So you got any thoughts about this decision here for Horn? Yeah, this is going to be his sixth year of college basketball. Started his career at Nebraska for a year. Then then went to Tulsa, played there for three years, grad transferred to Colorado, and now he's grad, grad transferring back to Tulsa. He stated he had unfinished business to do. And obviously that last year he was at Tulsa, they won the, the American regular season title, a share of it, but they did not get the opportunity to play in, the, in their conference tournament or March Madness. So obviously he's going back to Tulsa to finish that business. He's a terrific player. and Yeah, I'm happy for him going back home. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm really excited to see what he can do back at Tulsa. He had a pretty good season at Colorado. I think I definitely think so. He's probably the second or third option, obviously behind McKinley Wright, and maybe one other guy as well. But uh, yeah, Horn's definitely a very talented player. It shows he he played really well in the high major. He's going back down to the American, which is a little bit lower competition in the Pac-12. So I definitely think he will shine with Tulsa. And hopefully, if everyone does stay for Tulsa, they can go back dancing. Hopefully, because uh, they definitely had a very good chance, like you said uh, last year, to make it. But uh, just, obviously, their run was just cut a little bit short. So, yeah, unfinished business definitely for Horn and Tulsa. So, hopefully, they can go back dancing uh, for the first time in, it seems, a while for them. Mm -hmm. And that is it for the committed transfers. The rest of the, the other names in the portal, it's getting harder and harder. There are some big names. It's smoking hot in the portal right now. Yeah, I'm very surprised a lot of these guys did decide to leave, but they are leaving. But uh, wherever they go, huge impact for the college basketball world. And, uh uh, hopefully no super teams will be formed like the NBA. Uh, obviously, that's not really the, the case for college basketball, which is very good. But uh, it would be very shameful to see a super team uh, be loaded once again with a lot of transfers there. But I don't think it's the case, really. So, uh, yeah, definitely keep your eyes and your ears peeled for a lot of these big names going elsewhere. Uh, a lot of very big decisions made, like you said, with some of these guys smoking hot in the transfer portal right now. So I'm uh, very excited to see what they do. And until we find out, uh, we'll just keep loading out these uh, committed transfers, and maybe we'll mention a couple of big names that have not made the decisions yet for next time. But uh, obviously, we got five days left till the national championship kicks off. We're just really excited for these games, these final three games. Uh, it's so sad. There's only three games left for March Madness. It feels like we got plenty more to go, but it's really not the case anymore. So I was a little bit sad, but uh, don't worry. There's always next year for a lot of teams. So uh, I'm just really excited to watch these final three games and see who's going to be coming out on top for the national championship. Yeah, it's always next year and the years after that. But this is the last day of March, too. So tomorrow you'll hear us say it's always March again. But for one last time, it's finally March. Yes, it is finally March. And I honestly forgot this is the last day of March. It just it flew by, honestly, it seems. So, uh, yeah, March, don't worry. You'll be back next year, the favorite month of the year for both of us, definitely. But uh, that is all we have for today's episode, though. Thank you guys for tuning in. And March, you're finally here, but we'll see you back in 365 days, March. Yeah, see you next year, March. Thank you guys for watching. Bye.